0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the sober Front. Welcome! Hello, friends. My name is Pej, and this is my co-host, Austin. Austin. It's a pleasure, as always. It's always a pleasure. I think we're at like 40 episodes already. Can you believe it? Wow. It's kind of crazy. Time flies. Yeah. We started at the beginning of the year, and we're already at 40 episodes. Yeah. How's everybody doing today? We wanted to... Uh,
1: Talk to you a little bit. You know, we have we've been we actually just yeah, go ahead. Get, well today we're talking about heroin addiction. but b- blast it out there. Heroin addiction. Heroin addiction. It's it's an epidemic. We're gonna be talking about what it's like to be a heroin addict, how it's become an epidemic, and what some of the steps that you can take are. Mm-hmm. Whether you are suffering or you have a loved one that is. Yep. So we also just recorded an awesome video with Pesh. He shared his experience, so that'll be coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Yep. Feel free to ask any questions that you have as well. That's the whole purpose of this show is to provide hope. Uh, and our what, what's our tagline? It's uh, it's it's the most intriguing guests. Intriguing topics and polarizing guests about all things recovery. That's, right. That's why we're doing this.
0: That's why we do this. We do this because we want to raise awareness. Because we want to help people. Um, you know, we're not here to glorify drugs or drug use. Obviously, what we're seeing more and more of is a lot of people are dying and suffering and um, overdosing. And I mean, it's, it's almost becoming like almost a daily thing in my world, in the recovery world. I'm just hearing about people dropping like flies. And it's
1: even outside of the recovery world. It everyone. World. Everybody knows someone.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I've noticed there's a higher suicide rate lately. I mean, not to say, like, that's something that doesn't happen or hasn't always happened. Suicide definitely happens. But it just seems like uh, due to the stress of things, you know, the worldly events that happen for people, a lot of people don't know how to deal with life. So some people become depressed and they they off themselves, and there's some people that resort to drugs. And um, more often than none, I mean, the most commonly used drug that I'm seeing – more and more of these days is heroin, fentanyl, opioids, opiates. Oh, it's, heroin's—it's a, it's a killer. I mean, it's, it's, it's always happening. I, I want to say a couple of things. You know, For one, I just spoke. Uh, I was speaking in, in high schools with uh, people, some that were newly sober, some that had some sobriety, and my friend tagged me on Facebook the other day to a guy who we spoke in a school together. The guy was a sweetheart of a guy, really nice guy, um he did a great presentation he told his story all the kids were very receptive they loved hearing him talk um and afterwards like he and i we connected we talked and then all of a sudden uh i guess he was sober for a while he overdosed just the other day uh i was tagged and he you know he had a kid you know and overdosed on heroin so this is what we're dealing with That's, this is what we're up against um now as far as you want to you want to ask me a question
1: well, there's there's lots of questions. Sure, I mean, why why is heroin use on the rise?
0: For many reasons, heroin use is on the rise because it is um, there's more of it out there more than ever. Um, I believe that the cartels distribute it uh, very well uh, across the country. I don't think there's one state that goes untouched with the distribution of heroin street heroin is readily available in every single state. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like states like Delaware and Maine. It's it's made, you know, there's major amounts in, Bal- in Maryland, um, all the East Coast. There's a lot of China White. Um, why are people doing more and more heroin? Because that kids are either, it's starting off with pill addiction, uh, which can be anything from Oxycontin to, Uh, Percocets to Vicodin to any kind of opiate that they will get their hands on and that they obtain it in several different ways Some of them get it from medicine cabinets Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of them buy it off a street dealer. There's kids that are distributing this stuff these days. I mean, it's no joke It's out there. It's really out there. It's happening. People can get it at any time Um, There's people that are slinging heroin on the streets Um, When kids can't get the pills anymore, even if it's prescribed to a doctor for pain medication, if they can't get it anymore, they often resort to just going the easy route and getting heroin. And heroin is, you know, they can obtain that a lot easier. They don't have to try to go through a doctor. All they got to do is either come up with a little bit of money, whether it be through uh, their savings, blowing through their savings, asking their parents for money, or selling things, you know, people will go to any lengths to do heroin. So why is it happening a lot more? Why are the majority of the clients that I see that come into the treatment? Why is their drug of choice heroin? um, Because it's just out there. It's a lot. It's there's more of it out there, and when you're on it, it's more captivating than any other drug. Mm. You know, meth has its own uh, type of addiction, but your body depends on heroin. So if you you know try heroin, whether you smoke it, snort it, eat it, or even more addictive than anything, shoot heroin when you're shooting it intravenously, you can't get enough. You know, that, that euphoric feeling that somebody feels is it's extremely blissful. And it's it's temporary, it's short-lived, and usually people nod out and go into that deep heroin sleep. And uh, sometimes they don't come back because their body either overdoses from the amount that they put in their body, they, they shut down, they can't breathe, uh, but, you know, if they don't overdose, then when they do come to, they, the withdrawals that they endure, they don't want to feel those withdrawals, so um, they just chase it more and more. Now, a lot of people that are hooked on heroin know during their heroin usage, this isn't good. Yeah. This is not going well. Like, I need to get off of this stuff. So um, a lot of bad things will happen. They'll get in trouble. They'll get in trouble with the law, with the, their families. Their families will find out or, or know, or, you know, they can't hold a job. Or they go homeless because they basically ran their whole life into the ground and um, so they'll attempt to get sober now what will they do they will either go to a doctor or to a street dealer street street dealers don't just sling heroin mm-hmm. they sling suboxone too mm-hmm. or they'll go to methadone place, um, mm-hmm. whatever they can to try to get off of the heroin and usually if it's not if they're not properly detoxed if the detoxification process isn't a proper one um you know, if they're trying to wean themselves off of the drugs with their own suboxone intake, it's usually a miserable fail, and they find themselves going right back to the heroin so they don't have to go through the withdrawals and the pain that they
1: endure um, when coming down from heroin.
0: Yeah.
1: I, wanna, there, I have a couple more questions. Sure. Uh, ladies and gentlemen that are in the audience, I saw one come in here. If you have any questions at all about uh, heroin use, uh, or anything related to addiction or recovery, please feel free to uh, leave those, and we will answer them either live or after.
0: And, and also, feel free to tell us where you're from. If yeah. you're tuning in right now, where are you? Are you what state are you in? What city are you? in? Are, are, you, are you in California? Are, are you in
1: Guam? I know <laughs> or where. a different country? Yeah, okay. talk to us. Let us know where you are. We love the interaction. Vicky says, "Hello, Pej. So happy you are doing these." Hi, I, Vicky. I pray you reach many who need help. Thank you for the support, Vicki. And how you can personally help us reach more people is by tagging someone that you think this can inspire. Share this stuff. Share this video. Let people Tag know. a friend right now yeah. that, that this can benefit. Yeah. That's how we're going to grow this. Spread the word. Word yeah. of mouth. That's what we're doing is, is trying to change lives. We're seeing too many people drop. So, yep. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Every day. Um, so you mentioned a little bit earlier that there's a there's different types and ways that you can intake heroin right uh, through smoking through uh through injecting what what are what are some of these different ways and is there a difference in the effect that it gives you
0: yeah so when it comes to heroin you know the video that we just did on youtube too i talked about this so in 1920 the cantonese term chasing the dragon which was... Uh, Andy, we're at Peja's house. It, it originated in uh, Hong Kong. Um, there was people that would smoke the vapors mm. of, of morphine, heroin, uh, you know, different opioids through certain devices like porcelain devices and the smoke, the way the smoke would come out, the people, they call that chasing the dragon. That's, mm. That was one form of doing heroin, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there's, these days you have different types of heroin users. Mm-hmm. You got your pill poppers, you know, that obviously use um, opioids in the form. It's basically, look, Oxycontin is heroin. Mm-hmm. It's just in a pill form, and yeah. it's prescribed, right? So, it's and then there's people that smoke it. There's people that uh, eat it. There's people mm-hmm. that snort it. And those aren't the most common ways to do it. So you yes. said earlier in the video, too, people inject it into their eyeballs. Well, when it comes to injecting heroin, obviously, intravenously, when you're shooting anything, and especially mm-hmm. heroin, um it's a direct it's a sure shot it's right mm-hmm. into your vein yeah and you automatically feel it so when you start shooting heroin in your veins a lot uh, after a while your veins will not properly intake mm-hmm. the dosage so your veins shut down and then you need to try to find it in different parts of your body so there's people that you know obviously when you're that addicted you'll go to any length to do uh heroin mm-hmm. however you can get it into your system because you want to get high so when people can't hit their vein on um, their arm anymore, because that vein is just kaput, done, finished, zero, zilch, because CLMAC would say, and I see CLMAC online right now, Um, when you have no other, people will start to shoot it in between their toes, people will start to shoot it into their neck, people, you know, wherever they can find a vein, and then there's people that will shoot it into their eyes, you know, so there was a, is that that like instant loss
1: of sight, I can't even imagine Oof. I think that at that point, they're so far redimably. gone,
0: they don't even care. There was yeah. a friend of mine. She she was living up in L.A. She really struggled with, um, with addiction, with heroin. And um, she was a lovely human being. Mm-hmm. She was from Louisiana. Um, I knew her from the recovery community. She was always attempting to get sober. Um, they had put her on Vivitrol, which Vivitrol is a blocker. Basically, they put people on Vivitrol so that they won't have the urge to use heroin. Yeah, now, it looks like the it receptors, blocks, It right? doesn't get you high anymore, right? right. You're, you're not okay. supposed to get high. But you can still overdose, right? Well, that- here's what happened to her. Okay. She, would, um, she would attempt to get sober, but mm-hmm. she just couldn't do it. So she lived in West Hollywood at the time. I was living up there, too. And she would sometimes just go for a drive. And she'd end up down in Skid Row, where there's mm-hmm. lots of heroin. Mm-hmm. And she would go pick up on Vivitrol. Wow. She would go pick up and go back and shoot it in her neck. It wasn't. She said she. I remember like it was yesterday. She. This was a few years ago. She goes, Pej, I don't even do heroin to get high anymore. I do heroin because I want to die. Yeah. You know, and it's it's very sad that she uh, she shot it into her neck while she yeah. was on Vicodin, and one day uh, our friend just found her dead. You know, so in her apartment, which was right down the street from his house, and um, that's what happens. I mean, so it's very heartbreaking. I mean, that's that's the reality of it. We can we can't talk about this enough. So um you know i it, it's it's a highly addictive drug you know you try it once you're pretty much hooked. and people smoke it people don't really snort and eat it as much as they you know there's some people that may have or do in the past but people usually either are trying to smoke that stuff or they're trying to inject it you know and that's like, injecting it if you if you're shooting heroin if you're shooting dope it's a serious business. I mean, it's a serious problem. Like, yeah. it needs to be addressed. There's no recreational, uh, no temporary usage of doing heroin. It's, nobody's just doing it because it's, uh, you know, a here and there thing. If you're doing heroin, you're doing it all the way.
1: Yeah. Okay. So it's pretty much one time and you're hooked. Yeah. I mean, I used to hear that about cocaine and I didn't believe it.
0: Mm-hmm. And the first time I ever tried cocaine, like I thought, oh, my God, I can't get enough of this stuff, and I just kept going and going. With heroin, too, I remember the first time I tried it, I was just smoking it, and I remember the flavor of it. Mm-hmm. There's this distinct flavor of it where I was like, oh, I can see
1: why people like this stuff. Is it, is it physically addictive, mentally? It is is it, it is. is it just wanting more? It is physically and mentally all in the same.
0: I mean, this is what my ideology is. is isn't your physical and your mental all connected? Sure. It's all going in the yeah. same body, right? But yeah, you you're you physically develop a dependency that if you don't get it, you're gonna uh experience withdrawal syndromes that are ex- extremely painful. Mm-hmm. I mean excruciatingly painful. You you can't it's unimaginable. You can't even describe it unless you've actually kicked heroin. Mm. Unless you're actually coming off of heroin. You can't describe the type of pain somebody has to have. And see how he's on here right now. We've put people in Epsom salt and hot tubs and just to sit in the tub and yes. just watch them, you know, going through the pain. And the, you feel for them. You feel for them. And I've, I've been like that. I've been crouched over in the fetal position in front of, I call it the porcelain god, the toilet, just uh, trying to throw up. I couldn't put food down. Uh, I couldn't go to the bathroom for days. Um, I would have these cold-sweated shivers. I'm talking like I would be sweating, but my body was cold and, and, and shivering, and I didn't know, you know, I, I was like, how? I just want this out of me. I can't get enough. So you either stop completely, which, you know, if you don't have the comfort meds that some people need to get off like Suboxone, off of it properly without having to endure all that pain, then sometimes, more often than not, people turn back to doing heroin again. And it's sad because um, it's a Russian roulette. You never know. You know, you could die on this stuff anytime, at
1: any given time. You could overdose on heroin. It's just that way. What is the withdrawal process like? How long does it take? And what advice would you offer to someone that's trying to get off of it? So
0: traditionally for the longest time, there were methadone clinics and the point of getting off of, um, you know, of the point of having somebody on methadone was to get off of heroin. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, methadone is an addictive drug too. Mm-hmm. And if you, Depending on the amount of milligrams that they give you with methadone, um, they want, it, you know, you want it, it's going to take you away from doing heroin, but then you've got to get off of the methadone, too. So the taper off of that, it's, you know, it, it's a very delicate withdrawal. And the point is to get people off. A lot of people keep going to the clinic, and they keep you stabilized at a certain milligramage, and they don't, you don't really move. So there's people that go to methadone clinics for years and years. Well, in more, you know, in the last decade and a half, maybe a little bit more, um, Suboxone, Sovia, those those were um, opiate blockers. Basically, they they're, they come in pill form, they come in strips. And um, these days, uh, traditional detox would be anywhere from three to seven days, ten days max. You don't really want to keep somebody on Suboxone very long. Um, I know there's a lot of medication assisted treatment where people will keep them on for long periods of time. I don't really believe in it. I believe uh, you want to get somebody on it through, you know, by way of a doctor who's prescribed the Suboxone, and then they taper you down. So you work your way down. Like let's say you're on a 16 milligram strip of Suboxone to start off your detoxification period. And then the next day they take it down and they cut it and you get down to eight and then the four and then the two and then the one, however the detoxification process is, whatever your doctor recommends, it's best to do it with a doctor recommendation. It's not good to get uh, Suboxone from a street dealer and try to, a lot of addicts will do this. though. They'll get the same guy that they're buying the heroin from, they'll go buy Suboxone from too. And then they try to kick in their own house. There's no recovery there. You're basically just trying to stop because you know that you've gotten out of hand. But when you try to do it on your own, what ends up happening is because you have no recovery, you don't have the proper treatment or detoxification process uh, like lined up for you and ready to go. They find themselves high again, back on heroin, right back. And you know, they'll buy. There's been so many times I've met so many addicts that they have their own suboxone, and it wasn't Mm -hmm. prescribed to them by a doctor. Hmm.
1: Yeah. So, I have just a couple more questions. Sure. Uh, I want, again, open this up to everyone. If, uh, now's your chance to ask any questions that you have. Oh,
0: Ciamac said that, and they shoot it in their armpits, too. Andrea, Andy, it's a horrible thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. see like you guys rock. And I love your show. You guys rock. Thank we you. We love you. Thank you for the This support. topic from Solange. Um, whoa, where are you guys? Looks fancy. We were
1: at Pej's Humble Abode <laughs> recording. <laughs> You guys, do you guys like this background? Do you like the, uh, the green screen? We're always trying to improve and, and trying to We like things. moving around. Moving around. <laughs> What's time? the other questions that you've asking? Well, if it's uh, – everything that we've really addressed so far has been about the individual. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of pivot into family members. Okay. So if you are a parent and you might suspect mm-hmm. naturally track marks, right. what are some other signs – Nodding out. A lot of parents will notice that
0: obviously their kid is falling short in life, um, missing school, not going to school anymore, dropping out of school, not making it to work, crashing cars, getting into, uh, nodding out in in odd places, cigarette burn marks in Mm -hmm. their jackets, in their shirts, on their bed sheets. These are great indicators that your kid is probably on something could be opiates, could be heroin, and they're probably falling asleep with a lit cigarette in their hand, which is all kinds of dangerous because they could light up the whole house on fire or wherever they're at, right? And then on top of that, you know, their cigarette just burns a hole in them or their skin or whatever. Um, Those are things to look for. Those are great indicators. Um, You know, and then also you were talking about parents. So, you know, it really saddens me. And I I mean, I've stories for days, right? Mm -hmm. I was, um, There was a pharmacist who reached out to me the other day about a a woman whose daughter is 29 years old, uh, Persian girl. She lives, um, you know, I won't say where she lives, but she's addicted to heroin. She's been shooting heroin for 10 years, and um, she wanted me to help the daughter, and uh, I did my best to help the daughter. We got her into a medical detox at a hospital, and the daughter stayed there for not even 24 hours, called the mom and said, I want you to come pick me up. Um, Mom said, why? She said, this place isn't adequate. It's not appropriate. Like, if you're going to come down off of heroin, you know, and somebody's going to give you a detox, the last thing you want to do is negotiate where you're going to do it, especially if you don't have a lot of options, right? So the mom called me in route to go pick her up. Mm -hmm. And here's the no-no part, right? And this happens. Believe it or not, as as baffling as this sounds, this happens. Mom called me and said, what do you think I should do? I said, you should turn your car around and not go and help her. You should tell her that she needs to stay in the hospital, because when you go, you're prolonging, you're prolonging the process for getting better. Yeah. Let alone if you go and pick her up and take her home, you're going to put her back in the lion's den, and there's a great chance that she's going to end up relapse. Yeah. You know, uh, it's now it's here's what she said. She said that she wants to go get her, and the daughter's trying to talk her into going and taking her to Skid Row, downtown LA, to purchase some heroin for her, just so she doesn't have to feel the pain that she's going through at that. And I said, that's a really bad idea, but there are some parents that become so codependent and so enmeshed mm-hmm. with their kids, and they don't want to see their kids going through the pain, that the kid can actually convince the parent, please, this one last time, take me to go get some heroin and have me just do it, and I'll taper it off of it, and I'll get off of it myself. They manipulate. They get their yeah. way. And this mother was, I, I haven't heard from her since. And there's nothing I can do. I told her, don't pick her up, but she, she didn't listen. So yeah. you know, and I told her what's going to happen is you're going to bring her back home, and she's going to be shooting heroin in her room, and and in a couple of days you might find her dead in your room, and then you're going to be like, oh my god, why didn't I listen to that guy, or why didn't okay. I? do... So parents that just stems a whole new set of issues. Right. There's parents that, affect that mom. There's parents that don't know their kids on drugs, or they yeah. have an idea, or they're in denial and they don't want to know. Then there's parents who like it's plain as like they know mm-hmm. it's factual like they've been told by their kid i'm on heroin and they
1: just don't know how to get the help or they don't really take the help when it's given to them. so naturally anyone can reach out to you for help yes what what advice do you have how can how can people what are some steps that people can take both as family members and as individuals? I think that um, as an example to family
0: members who are still struggling or are in the dark or don't really know how to deal with their kids that are opioid users or opiate users, heroin users, um, people who have lost family members or people Mm -hmm. who have had success stories where their kids went through treatment, don't be afraid to talk about this stuff. There's Mm -hmm. too much of a stigma attached to it to where um, if, if we don't really take a look at it and and, and you know, broadcast it and talk about it. We don't need to go around and tell everybody, "Hate my kid's a heroin But we do need to let people know that there's a major problem going on in our country right now, in our world, and more so in this country. It's happening a lot more in America, and something needs to be done about it. Let's address this, and let's let people know uh, what could and might happen to their family members and how we can prevent that. Love it. Yeah. I think that's pretty... Oh, yeah. And I was going to say If you know somebody who is struggling with heroin or any of the drugs and you don't know how to deal with it, you don't know how to get them the proper help, always feel free to call me. Please, um, I'll make time for you. You can call me at 949-751-7761. I'll make myself readily available to you. Um, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to your family members and see how we can help your loved one, whoever we can. And often if we need to have an intervention, I do a lot of interventions. I try to help people get the proper help that they need, however that may be. doesn't matter where you're from, what walk of life you're from, what you're suffering from. I'll do my very most and best to uh, guide you in the right direction and get you the help that you need.
1: Excellent. We have another. Oh, Solange. I've been hearing so much from desperate parents that need help with their kids, but they keep putting things on hold as if they know that they have one more day or one more week and all of a sudden the loved one ods as soon as people know they need to act on it period that's right very good point yeah (sighs) call for help now yes (laughs) listen to solange our biggest fan that's good to see you yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so um i think that that covers a lot of ground uh Ladies and gentlemen, if you like this, this episode, everything we're doing, we're all over social media, wherever you want to listen. We're on uh, Spotify now. It's new. Support us on Spotify. Mm-hmm. iTunes, if you feel like helping, a review on Spotify is worth your weight in gold. Mm -hmm. that really helps us reach more people but besides that we're on Google Play we're on YouTube iHeartRadio iHeartRadio Instagram uh, we have our own Facebook page Stitcher anywhere you listen to I I I have an app called Podcast Addict that Mm -hmm. I listen to to all my podcasts on there we're on there right? everywhere we're everywhere so we've been doing a bunch of specials on on YouTube too one of them was about
0: uh, what does meth feel like the devil's dandruff and then the other one that we just did today that will be out soon is what does heroin feel like and we're doing those because you know people wonder like what is it about people that get addicted to drugs and why mm-hmm. are they this way and this, that and the other and there's reasons for it so um, you can look that up to um, look us up um, also we have a page on Facebook called ask an addiction specialist yes so all you have to do is there's a tab right there that you can actually click on the page or you can type it in the little top bar up there right ask an addiction specialist it's a page that you can come and ask professionals, you know, or, or people that have been in recovery for a while a question in relations to addiction. You know, if you have a loved one who's suffering or you would like some help or you want some questions answered, please feel free. Don't hesitate. Come and ask um, the question on that page. You just have to be added to the page. Um, you can just send us a request. We would be glad to add you ask questions. Um, and we will
1: always make ourselves readily available yeah and finally we're, we're always looking to share amazing recovery stories whether uh you yourself have overcome addiction if you have a family member um th- we want this to be a platform not only to spread awareness but to share your story uh in a, in a comfortable place that you can also inspire people so if you want to share your story uh whether you come in in person Um, uh, a pre-recorded audio bit that we can sneak in after or Skype or uh, however works most convenient for you Uh, please contact us either in the comments of this video uh, you can private message Pej myself or you can send us an email at Austin or Pej at beginningstreatment.com which is my last segue that this podcast is made possible by Beginnings Treatment Centers an amazing Orange County recovery resource. All levels of care, no matter what you're struggling with. There's a million resources on the website at beginningstreatment.com. Until next time, So Grind. Silver Grind.